0: Welcome to the New American Dream Podcast. I'm Nate Barger. I went from prison time and bankruptcy to now owning over 200 million in real estate, living my dream. I wanna show you how other successful entrepreneurs are now living theirs. It's time to redefine the American dream. It's your turn to dream big and create massive wealth for you and your family. Welcome to the new American dream. I got somebody amazing on today that you guys are going to love. Sam sells with he's the CEO and founder of wild mountain capital investing matters. Sam, thank you so much for your service. Number one, Sam is a veteran, even though he looks too young to be a veteran. And uh, <laughs> Sam, we talked a little bit beforehand, man. I just want to thank you for your service, brother. And uh, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Hey, thanks, Nate. Really appreciate it. Um, Been looking forward to this for a while. So, yeah.
0: Man, awesome, brother. So, um, man, I kind of always like to go back. You know, one of the things that I like, a lot of our viewers have struggled um, at some point in time, as we all have. I believe some of us bring it to the surface and others of us just act like we've had a great normal life. But in reality, we've (laughs) all struggled, right? And so, um, Sam, I just want to go back. You know, I know that, you know, you, you on your one sheet, you talk about your father and you've partnered with your father to do some amazing things. Um, now, is he down in there in Texas with you?
1: He is. He's here in Texas. Um, he lives about an hour from me. Um, on little um Man, yeah, that's a awesome. Place, brother. So tell country, me about, yeah. tell me
0: about growing up. How, how was your childhood growing up, brother?
1: Yeah. So, uh, childhood was awesome. I, uh, loving parents, um, poor as dirt, rural Oklahoma. Um, I remember, you know, growing up taking baths and horse troughs and not wow. having any water. I mean, wow. just poor as dirt, but, um, you know, we're just, we're just crazy boys. And, you know, one, one girl and we've been really, um, you know, we, we just made forts in the woods and we did all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, I'm a, product of oklahoma public education uh, mm. rural oklahoma you know there was the last house we lived in oklahoma was about five miles away from a big town of two thousand people <laughs> so and what
0: just, was the name you of know... your town sam
1: <laughs> uh, so that one uh, was perkins oklahoma okay uh, pistol pete is from so it's uh it, you know the in life we think sometimes that i'm just a nobody i'm from no town america i I can't go anywhere and, and, uh, that couldn't be farther from the truth, right? What, what we have is in here, mm-hmm. in our, in our hearts and our minds, uh, our, our spirit, um, to go out and, and accomplish great things. And, and the more you push to, to do that, there's more resistance out there in, in the world. And so I, I've been able to accomplish some, or just be a part of some just amazing, you know. Things I worked for USAID for a little bit, and was in uh, Liberia during the Ebola response um, back in oh. 2014. You know, on the ground doing stuff with them. Uh, there's, you know, just the things that I've been able to be a part of. It's not because I'm I'm super smart or anything. Not because I I didn't go to Harvard. I didn't go to any of those schools. I don't even have any idea what that would be like. Um, but uh, you know, I just I just made it. I did all the work to prepare myself. And when the opportunity came, I, I jumped at it. That's and, right. Uh, man. So my, get prepared. Yeah. You got to
0: get prepared now, Sam, you are absolutely right. And, and so how did you kind of transition? So you were uh, playing in the woods, you were in Perkins, Oklahoma, and you said you were <laughs> the closest town to you. That was a big town, quote unquote, had 2000 people in it. And 2000 people doesn't even have a stoplight
1: in it. Does it? It did not have a stoplight. no,
0: Wow, and that was a close. And that was that was how far away?
1: Uh, it was about three miles if you took the main road. Uh, we would ride our bikes into town to take us about five or six miles on our our little uh, one speed BMX bikes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a perfect childhood, man. No distractions. <laughs> yeah. And then so no, out no of that though, yeah. how did you end up in the in the in the Air Force? How did you end up? I mean, that's man, that's quite a leap
1: it's it's quite a leap so when um i was young you know we, we all kind of we make our choices everybody makes their own choices and i um really uh built a relationship with god when i was young um became very passionate about uh scriptures you know, and studying and uh and that just kind of guided me through my life but um through that process I, I developed like three criteria in my life things that i wanted to do Um, outside of having a family and, and, and so forth. But one was uh, to serve God. Another was to uh, serve um, my country. And the third was to serve uh, my community or, or uh, you know, the, the greater being of others. And so um, I I don't know why I thought like that when I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, I think. I I can, I can Uh, tell,
0: I can tell you why, brother, I can tell you why you felt like that. And I can see it in you because of the Holy spirit. And so you got the Holy spirit at a very young age and you know, that's evident with the path that your life went down and and how humble you are. And, um, man, kudos to your parents for that brother, because they, that was just, you know, man, that's amazing. And so you, you, you went to the service, but you didn't go for you. What did you go over there to do?
1: Yeah. I, I joined the military. Enlisted, um, so so I, I served the mission for my church, and then then um, got married. Joined the you know did construction for a while. Joined the military uh, as a firefighter. It just wasn't um, fulfilling enough. I just wasn't doing as as much as I would like to do. Uh, military bases don't have that much stuff going on, um, you know, because it's all protected and all that. So um, I got out. Uh, came back in uh, the military as an officer. Got my degree, bachelor's degree business strategy got lured into healthcare um, and then really went after one of my big passions that i wrote down in my journal when i was like 15 or 16 was like you know god if you make it possible i really want to travel the world to do medicine and then Mm -hmm. but as i got older i realized i don't want to be a doctor that just doesn't appeal to me Um, and so i did it through healthcare um, through global health uh, training foreign militaries foreign governments working with them helping them to build uh, healthcare facilities uh, working with them to build um, casualty evacuation systems from like a battlefield using a little tiny aircraft whatever they're using Um, just a lot of international health stuff and i just Mm. i was able to travel the world um, africa a bunch of times asia east asia west asia afghanistan uh, all over afghanistan you you did all
0: this why and you you did this after you got married
1: After I got married, when I was in the military, don't ask my wife. She's still upset about it. Wow. You got
0: an amazing (laughs) wife, brother. You got an amazing wife. I do. And and so how long ago did you get out of the military?
1: I got out in 2020, um, just after COVID hit. I was on the process of retiring. Uh, My commander asked me to help him. He knew my background, and and he had chosen me for some other really select task and so he asked me to help him lead uh, the response in Alaska so I was on his small team of us helping to Alaska's unique because it has all these uh, I was living in Alaska at the time uh, but it has all these uh, native tribes all over the state and so Mm -hmm. we had a real challenge figuring out how to to deliver medical supplies across the state and so I was part of that um, team uh, sorting out how we get you know and 95 mask and everything else that was coming out with covid you know how do we, uber. How do we distribute Just uber these? it
0: man <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no
1: roads yeah that's the yeah i
0: know i know i know i was, <laughs> I, i've been in alaska and it's it's crazy because oh, yeah they're i think the only they only got one town over
1: 10,000 people and that's anchorage right yeah there's um there's some little suburbs that are getting of uh, anchorage that have gotten bigger but yeah that's it so outside of anchorage you got um Eagle Rivers, little town that I lived in, and um, you keep going up. There's, you know, all these other places. the can, blah 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 blah. Anyhow, so, um, yeah. But outside of that, the rest of the state, uh, pretty much the only way to get places is either by boat or by airplane.
0: Boat, plane, or helicopter. Yep. So, but yeah. Sam, so you've been out of the service about three years now. But Sam, you've done some amazing work. Because you always said you wanted to serve God, you wanted to serve your country, and you wanted to serve the community. And now you are truly taking action serving the community. You have syndicated over $70 million in 1,200 units. That's amazing, brother. Now you're humble, but that's a a big number, and that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, I... um... Yeah, thank you. I I appreciate that. I have been really fortunate. Um had a a lot of people believe in me when uh, they probably shouldn't have when you're starting out and you just have no idea. <laughs>
0: you know. <laughs> no, it's all character. Um, people invest in character, Sam. You know, it doesn't I mean the numbers are great, but man, I've syndicated capital and I used to try to sell deals to people. Then I realized they don't even care about the deals. They care about who you are, and then they say, Hey, at the end of the conversation, Hey, you know what? Send that deal over to me. I'll look at it and I'll invest.
1: I'm like, wait a minute. You haven't heard about it yet.
0: They're like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm yeah. investing in you, Sam.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've had similar conversations and it's really surprised me. Um, over, over the years, I, you know, we, we made a ton of mistakes, you know, it's just, we didn't, didn't know. And I came from a military background where there was, people had some kind of rules and guidelines and, you know, mm-hmm. there was at least a, uh, some level of integrity and then working outside the system i'm like well this is how you know this is what is right and then i found out uh, the hard way that you know even from attorneys or whoever like yeah i know that's right but the seller's not going to do that and like but that's mm-hmm. this is the right thing and they're like yeah but it's not in their financial interest mm-hmm. okay, okay okay yeah i mean okay so I mean we we have gotten we've gone astray and, and when you're when you're when you make mistakes by assuming other people have integrity um it it in the commercial real estate game it can bite you really hard and it doesn't just bite you it also bites your investors yeah and they don't they may not know the whole story or understand the story they're just going to look at you and say it's your fault and and in a way it is your fault because you should have known better and so I I started a course teaching people you know, how to avoid these big mistakes in commercial real estate, because, you know, humans are humans and, and they're motivated by different things. And there's, I've met incredibly good people like yourself who are trying to do their darnest to, to make a difference in the world through creating clean, safe, affordable places for people to live. Um, and, and then there's others who just, they don't, they don't care at all. I mean, they just, they just want to make a, a dollar. And if you die, everybody else dies. They, it just doesn't,
0: you know, well, it, Sam, but a lot of that, and, and, and I've been through both sides. I got to say, I was that person at one time. And I had to go yeah. back and reflect on myself and say, hey, well, what changed? What changed was I was in survival mode, right? And so in survival mode, a lot of times you don't have a lot of faith because if you have a lot of faith, you're not really in survival mode. So those two have a conflict, right? And when I say have yeah. faith, just have faith that, you know, God is going to bring you through. So then when I started operating with God as my CEO in 2013, brother, 30 months, I retired 35 grand a month in passive income. This from bankruptcy, 400 credit score, uh, um, negative tax <laughs> returns, brother. Chapter seven yeah. bankruptcy. Right. But oh, what I learned to one. do. Yeah. yeah. What I learned to do was bring God in as my CEO and nothing else mattered at that point. Nothing. When I tell you it didn't matter if I had a 400 credit score, it didn't matter if I didn't have any money. It did not matter because God was providing me these deals. And then he was giving me the solutions on what to do with these deals. And I was scraping equity with a 400 credit score. Couldn't sign for debt. Right. Didn't have any money. And in 30 months, I got enough money to retire. Like, come on, man. And so (laughs) you can do it and everybody can do it. I went to a school that's rated a two out of 10 in Ohio right now. Yeah. I believe the school I went to, look it up Mount Healthy uh Mount Healthy City Schools was rated uh 719th out of 830 schools. That's how bad it is. Ooh. It's a bad yeah. school district and back then it was probably worse. We had the crack epidemic came in and I was out on the street corner selling drugs and I was just totally lost, yeah. man. And yeah. I remember in the 7th grade, my teacher said something Sam and she said um Something about the, and it just hit me. What well, doesn't matter if I get A's or, or D's, I'm still going to graduate. And yep. so my goal from that point forward was to do the least amount of work and then get that C or D, right? So that's kind of where I graduated. So not only did I go to a really bad school, you know, and then so my kids yeah. grew up there, they're like in a great school, one of the best in the country. And yeah. so, so my, my son says to me, Sam, just like any kid, spoiled kid, He says, well, dad, you know, because I'm getting on him about his grades. He's got B's, but he's in honors and he's telling me there's this grade curve and I don't want to hear it. He said, well, dad, if I went to your school, technically, I'd probably have 100 percent. He said, I couldn't learn anything if I went to your school. I said, but you would learn how to fight, you know, so um, you would learn how to fight. And so that's the difference that happens in life. But you are going back into those communities like the kind that I grew up in. And tell us about what you're doing in those communities, how you're investing, how you and your investors are going out there and reaching the communities and what your passion and goal is.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we we have this life experience and I can tell you a similar experience moving from Oklahoma to Texas to a school that has been shut down uh, for gang violence and other things, being one of the few white kids uh in a very um very rough twenty um, something gangs in our school fights all the time. Yeah, you learn how Whoa, to Oh, you
0: got moved from Oklahoma to that school district? Wow yeah. man. Your Long your your dad it. was like your dad was like, go get that wild horse, sit on it. I'm about to break you in. <laughs> yeah, that broke you in, didn't it, brother?
1: Oh man, it broke me in. So you wanna talk about Alaska or any of these other gangs, you're so like oh yeah, and you know i I know all about those guys, and you know my friends were gang members. All right, so at the else. end,
0: guys, make sure you yeah, watch anyhow. until the end yeah. because he's going <laughs> to share some gang signals with us. Now I'm just kidding, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, We even started our own gang. It was a little embarrassing, but anyhow. So um, <laughs> it's a good thing I. I, found I told you guys we
0: in. all have a story. See,
1: yeah, we all have a story, man. Your, we your, all do. Your prison cellmate, man. Who knows? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's. um, yeah, what, what we're doing is, is just a, really a manifestation of the sincere and real desire we have to make a difference in the world. And the way that we look at it is like, look, okay, so institutions, they're not going to go invest um, in you know, rough old apartment complexes, right? I, I wanted to get out of the single family home game. We wanted to do something bigger. Uh, we got into, single, uh, into mobile home parks. Uh, we're doing good there until uh, COVID hit and then it just killed the pipeline of bringing our brand new homes. Um, it's taken over two years. Homes I ordered in 2020 are just arriving, I still haven't gotten some of them. Just some of them arrived last week, literally two and a half years later. Uh, so it just killed us in, in that business plan. So then we moved to apartment complexes and the same thing, really rough, neglected, um, mm-hmm. maybe crimes there, typically there's crime there. Um, Because no one else is going to do it, right? And and syndications. Sam, I will tell you.
0: I will tell you that there are. I know some groups that are doing that. I know one of the larger groups in the country that's doing that. And I want to um, introduce you to them if you're interested. And I want to also let you know about a program if you don't know about it already. It's called Lytech. Are you familiar with Lytech?
1: I am familiar with Lytech. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I got a girl that writes grants for LITECH. If you need any of that, I mean, there is ways to get it done. And I do have some institutional investors that specifically go after LITECH and NITECH credits. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's very hard because it's like it cost me $200,000 to build in a rough neighborhood. It cost me $200,000 to build in a really nice neighborhood. So as a private investor, why would I want to go to the rough neighborhood? My rents are going to be half, right?
1: And Your rents so, are going to be half.
0: So yep. you're coming in and you're bridging that gap,
1: right? Yeah, we we target a twenty percent IRR. Uh, you know, our average return essentially. Um, it's gotten really hard to do that just as property values have gone up, and then the interest rates uh, have also. Is that, is gone that year up. five, Sam? Yeah, year five. And then what's what's average. what's.
0: What's okay so what's the cash flow Versus, so you're doing what a 70/30 or
1: 80/20? Yeah, 70/30, 80/20 um typically. Um it is harder to raise money on these projects because um like I have a friend who raises tons and tons of money and every deal he sends out, I mean it's this gorgeous beach side, you know, palm trees, beautiful place. Oh, we're going to raise rents by five hundred dollars a month, and blah 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 blah. You're going to get a fifteen percent return, and I mean it's easy to raise that money because it's beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. I want to I want to invest because I'm like, oh my goodness, I would love to own this this fancy place, right? And uh, but we're just we're different, and so what what we're trying to do is, is, you know, we have this concept called, called clean money, and clean money is the concept that you're taking like clean energy. All right or clean food when you eat clean food you're eating food that you know is good for your body right and um, you know maybe gummy bears whatever um, whatever you're eating vegetables fruit um, anything else um, it's clean right you you know what you're eating versus trash right just because it tastes good Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) because you know a big old burger tastes good especially you know texas there's great burgers that's not good for my body but it tastes Mm -hmm, good mm -hmm. and so You know, buying these fancy, um, you know, communities is, it tastes good, it feels good, but it's not good for the community um, anymore because it's, you know, I mean, it's already beautiful. You're not making a difference in the community. So what we're doing is saying, hey, this looks ugly, but it's actually really good for you. And it's really good for investors. And so instead of investing, let's say you're gonna get the exact same return, right? Let's say you're gonna get a 15% annualized return. um, In the end, cash flow is gonna be between six and 8% annualized cash flow but you're going to put it into this fancy place or you're going to put it into a rough place with a group who's gone through these over and over and over again and i mean the last one we closed on the swat team was there the day we closed there had been a murder during uh, due diligence you go there now and it is clean it is nice 10 months later everything's Mm -hmm. been redone on the outside what what part of the country is that in that one's in fort worth texas
0: all right. So here, let me, let me tell you a little bit. So yes, you are right. And can I just share my experience with you a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: you are 100% right. Me as an investor, I'm going to invest in a pretty one, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't give out of my growth. I give out of my abundance, right? But yeah. so you have a passion. There are some things that you can do to turbocharge an investors return. There are two cities right now. I won't name the other one, but I will tell you the one that can benefit you. Two cities that I am following right now that have this program in this money. One of them is coming to the city you just named. You're going to be able to get seven year debt, 30 year am on a commercial product in the twos. Okay. Sam in the twos, they're also going to match your down payment. This is all part of the new affordable um, affordable housing act. So, brother, think about how many units you can buy, what kind of internal rate of return you can give your investors if they only got to bring half the cash because they're matching and it's a forgivable... If you hold it for 10 years they forgive 100% of it. They forgive 10% of it a year. So let's say it's a $10 million asset that you got to put 25% down and another million in reserves. So you're bringing $11 million. Yeah. You got to borrow let's say 30% of that. That's 3.3 million. You only got to raise 1.65. They're going to give you 1.65 and they're giving you the debt on that whatever it is, 7 million at 2.35 or 2.65%. I will find that program. I will send it to you and you can go buy thousands of units in Dallas alone when other people can't because they're all pricing debt at 7%. They can't even touch these buildings. And you're coming and saying, you know what? It's not a bad deal. The only caveat is you have to look at your year seven disposition. You have to say, are the rents going to be high enough for me to get normal debt in seven years?
1: Yeah. And that's, that, I mean, that's beautiful. Then, then we're probably looking at 30% annualized returns.
0: You're looking at 30% like annualized. Re- no, 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 Brother, you're looking at 50% annualized returns. You know why we, we could I'm run a model that, real though. quick. <laughs> we could run a model real quick because you're getting half the cash for free. Half the yeah, cash no, no, is, getting- is free. So now <laughs> instead of you only got to raise 1.65 million to do $11 million deal instead of 3.3 million. You're probably yeah. your internal rate of turn, brother, might be in the fifties or sixties, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Ca- your cash on cash is gonna be super high. Um, mm-hmm. but we don't know. You gotta model out your you gotta model out what your rent curve is gonna be like. Because the areas that you're coming into, you're buying them, those areas are gonna get genderified, And it sounds like something that you kind of wanna balance and not do so much. That's hard to control though. I mean, that happens, that happens, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I I don't like the term gentrification because it kind of denotes like, Oh, we're going to take this old property, turn it into this really gorgeous um, loft and they used to go for 200 a month and now they're going for 2000 a month.
0: But it's reality. Um, I didn't say you were going to gentrify. I said if the area gets gentrified, right, you can't control that. And that's going to happen. We can't you control. know why that's going to happen because Dallas Fort Worth is growing. The cost to build new oh, yeah. inventory down there is two seventy a unit for a thousand square foot unit, two hundred seventy grand. So if you can pick these up for sixty or eighty a door and put twenty in them, I mean you're in good
1: shape, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got one I could pick up for probably fifty a door right now, but it's just nobody to lend on that stuff because it's so distressed. You know, if you can go buy 165. No,
0: they'll they'll lend on it, brother. They'll lend on it. You have to put a pro forma together. I got people that can help you out with that, man. Whatever you need, Sam, we got it. I've been there. I've done over 4,000 units, and I've done exactly what you're talking about. I haven't bought luxury properties. I bought distressed properties. Me, my partners, Matt, Mike, Sean, uh, all of us, Robbie, Steve. Look, that's all we do. We buy distressed assets that are run down, that have the city orders on them, and you know Mm -hmm. that have the 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 police outside of there, that have all that. I mean, we hire our own security to go to our own properties while we're stabilizing this, and we come in and we clean it up and we rip out all the cabinets and we make it new and we turn it into nice workforce housing, and we're renting these one bedrooms out for you know seven fifty to eight fifty, and the two bedrooms out for you know nine hundred to twelve hundred. That is workforce housing and we are making it nice where people have pride in the community. We're putting money in on signs and spending $10,000 on nice signs, coming back to see what kind of bullet holes they got in them. I'm serious, man, (laughs) you know, but that's what we're doing because that sign means so much, right? That sign is saying, Hey guys, you may have knew this property is a crappy property, but guess what? We got the little stone pillars out there. We got the nice sign and then, you know, said, "Nate, man. They shot up, got bullet holes. That's OK, man. Come over here. We touch it up with some fiberglass and paint it and touch it up. You know? Yeah. So yeah. We still got nice signs. They just got bullet holes in them. Right? That's
1: fine. Yeah. So we, so Sam, there, yeah.
0: do not be <laughs> deterred, brother. If you are right. driven, if you are driven and you are by God, right? Just tell them. Listen, I'm going to give you guys a big secret, man. I'm going to give you guys one of my secret hacks. I already told you I wasn't that smart. You guys can see me. No, I ain't that good looking. And, you know, um, one of the things that I did was I started delegating to God. And when I learned to delegate to God, I said, God, look, man, this ain't my problem. I ain't taking care of it. Okay. You asked me to do this. You need to open. You need to do this. You need to open that door. And I'll just push it back on him. And I have faith that he's going to do it. And if it doesn't happen, I have faith that he doesn't want it done. So start leaning on Look, Sam, I just challenge you. Start leaning on your faith and saying, God, look, man, look, I'm not about to go out here and chase this money. If you want me to do this, you send me the money. And I'm telling you, things are going to open up for you, Sam. Because you're a man of faith. You're a man of faith, brother. So don't worry. If God has you on a mission, he's going to provide, right? He's going to provide. The problem is a lot of times we get in and we want him to provide on our timeline. Right. And that's where we have the, the expectation and a disappointment. We say, well, God, I thought you said and God may be saying, but you ain't ready yet, Sam. You don't know what I know about the future. <laughs> and so he may be saying, Sam, you're thinking too small. And all of you guys out there thinking too small about what can be done and what amount of time it can be done in. So, Sam, yeah, I want you today yeah. to claim it, brother. I want you to claim it, man.
1: Thank you. I will go claim it.
0: Okay, claim it today. To and I, I, I didn't mean to hijack your podcast, man. But, hey, you got me passion, bro. <laughs> like, you, hey, you got me preaching. This is my area over here, man, you're talking about. So that low-income stuff, man, that's all I've done, man. And I, I've i done it, man. Like, the worst of the worst, the ones that got shut off, the ones that got the murders. There was four murders out there last year. I'm like, where oh, is that? Yeah. I want that building, you know. Um, yeah. So those are the buildings we went after, man. That's why we got our own bio team because of that.
1: Holy cow! Yeah, we've we've got three of them that we would love to go after. we just in—it's kind of this. We know them. We know the properties. We have talked to the owners. They're they're ready to sell. Um, the market's not going to take them because you can't. It's just difficult for death debt, and most people won't do them. They're at a severe discount. Um, we're, we're ready to take it. One of them's off a syndicator who got in over their heads, and they can't. So, so can I? I got $600,000 to rehab this can, place. I mean,
0: can, wow. can, okay, they do that all the time, brother, because they say, oh, the deal ain't yeah. going to work if I do it right. So, right. okay, for the syndicators that got in over their head, if you use this program, you go to that syndicator, you bring no money, Sam. You bring the expertise, right? You use this mm-hmm. loan program. You build in the reserves in the way that you do reserves. And I don't know how you're doing them now, but I've been very successful at doing them the way we do them. I go through every last unit. I inventory every last item, every last cabinet, every last dishwasher, appliance, HVAC unit, roof, tuck pointing, brick, underground, French drains, parking lot. How many square feet of asphalt we got? How many square feet of concrete do we have? Um, you know, um, the electric, if it's, if, it's, if it's Romex wiring, you're usually pretty good. If it doesn't have fed pack breakers, you're usually pretty good. Um, if it has a breaker system in it. Every last item, hot water tank furnaces, when are these things going to break? And we bring that capital to the front end. And then when they call and they say, Nate, man, we got a unit flooded. That's okay, fix it. I've already budgeted for that unit. To, I never buy apartment building 100 unit and don't budget for floods. They're going to have them. I don't know where the heck they're going to come from, but I know we're going to have two or three a year. So how do I build that into my pro forma? You build that money in and you're safe, brother. And so when you go to these syndicators, here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you can, if you can get this program I'm talking about, they are going to give you half the down payment. The syndicator is going to bring the other half at closing. You get in these deals with no money down, brother. You say, look, I can't give you, everybody else is pricing in debt at 6 or 7%. And if you can get this program in the twos, guess what you can do? You can pay what they want, but it has to be on Sam's terms. What are your terms? They bring the other half of the money. The other half of the yeah. money comes from the profit off of the sale. Yeah, It's that or they're going to lose it. But like you said, a lot of them got defeasants too. So that's something else you got to consider and look at.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, we've learned the hard way, too, about reserves, you know, not, not having enough reserves. So the, the project we closed, this last one we did, everything right. Fantastic debt, 3.5%. And we've just killed it on that deal because we, we have learned, you know, over time. All the things that we need to do, like all the things that you just said. So now we have some cleanup on our old deals where we didn't have enough reserves, and we, you know, we're push cash out of our own pocket to take care of that, or you have to raise new money, and it, you know, it just becomes a little icky. But, um, you know, learning that key point, right? What you just said about reserves—that's your lifeline.
0: It's your lifeline because if not, and you're if you, you're if, paying yeah. it out of cash flow, and if you're taking it out of cash flow, then it's, you're not. You don't have a real return. What is your return metric? And another thing um, that you mentioned, guys, once you get into commercial real estate, if you can push the rent $100 a unit at a six cap or a seven cap, you just created 15,000 in value. So a lot of times we'll come in knowing that these repairs need to be done and that we're going to take it out through year three. We're going to bring the reserve for year three. But then instead of doing distributions, we're, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll do our distributions maybe but we're going to recapitalize year three after we grow the value. So, you know, you grow the value, you go burr it, which is all we do because the risk for us is very short. When we buy a property, typically 18 to 24 months, we got all of our capital back out of the deal. So the only one that has any skin in the game is not our investors. It's not us. It's the bank that's holding the debt. And I know my bankers right now, if you listen, you don't want to hear that. But, hey, man, we do what we do. We grow. We like a, at least a 1.3, 1.35 DSCR. So yeah. we're conservative. And, and um, Sam, but the opportunity, like you just said, the syndicator got in over his head. Look, man, social media made syndication where everybody can do it. Not the people that really knew what they yeah. were doing, but just the people who wanted to do it, be able to do it. So you're going to see a lot of deals fall out when the people can't go back and they can't get this three, two, 3% debt anymore. Right. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for guys like me and you. There's opportunities for you to grow and expand if you have your systems in, together and in place, especially with the new automation that's coming. Yeah. So, Sam, what is next for you? How can people help you? How can they view your stuff if they want to invest with you, brother?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Clean Money Sam uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Sam Sells, uh, LinkedIn, Um, putting a lot of content out there, trying to anyways about affordable housing, just getting people aware. And then we we do talk a lot about clean money. Um, You can reach or you can find my company syndication, uh, I'm sorry, uh, wildmountaincapital.com. Uh, you can see some of the projects we've done. I have a lot of before pictures on there. I need to replace them with after pictures so you see these beautiful apartment complexes, not these old ugly ones. Uh, but you can see some of our deals on there. Um, we're we're always looking for new investors. We're looking for other people who are passionate about making a difference in our communities um, and creating safe, clean places for people to live so that we really can decentralize poverty. And, um, mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so much, so much research into, you know, you know, how you, how you really do change lives and um, educational outcomes, health outcomes. Your school rating determines, you know, how, how transient you are. And that's based on where you live, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you Absolutely. live? Are you getting evicted? You know, and, and we work with tons of charities, different organizations to fund people's rents, um, which is great for us, right? We're getting paid. We're not have it to do an eviction. For the person, they're not getting evicted. They're going to stay. The kid's get to keep going to school. It's, it's great. Um, and we've really, we've taken a long time to hammer out our processes. And so if you are syndicating, you're thinking about syndicating, get a coach or a mentor or an advisor who isn't going to sell you on a bunch of bluff and no offense to Rod Cleef and all those other guys who, who do this all the time, but there's just so much hype, you know, talk to somebody who's eaten a lot of dirt and they're willing to share that and say, look, don't do that because that's terrible. And I'm sure you've yeah. run into this, Nate. People, people have gone through these courses, and they're like, I'm out there doing this thing. You're like, oh, my goodness, if you do that, you're going to go bankrupt. Don't do. Yeah, that.
0: nah, man. I'll, tell, I'll, I'll break it down for you guys in two minutes real quick. The way you go bankrupt is buying areas that don't appreciate. Because long term, your building is going to go in disrepair, and, and you can't pay for it out of cash flow. And if you didn't buy in an area that's going to appreciate, there's no cash flow. Because the rents didn't right. go up either. The values didn't go up. And I know Rod Khalif, uh, Rod, um, man, he lost 350 units in the last recession and he bounced back. And I know he bought one of these buildings off of my buddy and man, he, I, I, at the time I was like, man, he paid all the money, but golly man, Rod killed it on that building, man. He paid, I want to say 12 or 14 million on a building. My buddy picked up for 5 million and it's probably worth golly today, man. Golly, thinking about Rod just absolutely destroyed it. That building's probably worth $25 million, man. Kudos, Rod. Oh my goodness. And so, yeah, but, but yes, get to a mentor. You know, I mentor people. I've had um in 17 months, my students have grown their net worth over $250 million, brother. That's real money. That's okay. Yeah. Once you understand how to do this stuff, we give them systems and processes and spreadsheets. Everything that I've learned to do and buy over a half a billion dollars in real estate. It's everything that I learned. I'm not a broker. When people say, oh, uh, what company do you work for? Dude, my company. Like, no, it's look, you don't need an education to do this. OK, right. you do need a work ethic. You need some great people around you. And you need to know that you're not going to come out of the gates making a lot of money, if any. You know, it takes time. But as you start to build that up, five years in, six years in, seven years in, man, anybody I show how to do this, brother, you can retire in five years. I'm not telling you can retire with a quarter million dollar income, but that 60, 70 thousand dollars a year is definitely doable. And it's there's you're not paying taxes on it. And you could do it quicker than that. But yeah. I'm speaking to most Americans and I'm talking doing the Burr method and you could do it starting with little capital. So, what is yeah. your secret sauce, man? How do you get in these deals? How do you find these deals? Because you're finding deals in Texas around Dallas for fifty thousand a door, man. That sounds like a really good sounds like a really good deal.
1: Yeah. So, um, a couple things that I didn't understand at the very beginning. Um, first off, I just started calling brokers, and most brokers won't even talk to you, respond to your calls because you're not a, a closer. You've never done a deal, um, and, and if you're starting now, okay. Can I really can I back just,
0: up? Yeah. Yeah, That has been the past five, six, seven, eight years, but I was alive in a recession and they'll talk to anybody in a recession. So go out here. We're in a recession right now, right? The government hasn't announced it, but we all know we're in a recession. And so get out here and make friends with them now because they're going to be getting a lot of calls and have a lot of properties and a lot of their old buyers aren't going to be around anymore.
1: That's a hundred percent. Right. So, the words right out of my mouth. It's right now, they're, they're trying to sell anything and everything they can for any price they can. Um, and they, uh, now's the time. Yeah. Get out there and talk to them. Build relationships. And, and once you transact, you, you prove you can transact, um, you'll, you'll just get more and more and more. So we get fed mm-hmm. stuff all the time, every day. Uh, we used to go through, you know, last year we are going through like 20 deals a day picking the only the best ones and uh, now it's it's smaller people have kind of pulled stuff off the market and uh you know the the um, you know it's it's a good time to get your feet wet out there there's a lot of good deals coming out there's still good deals out there now they're just not moving um and and so people are willing to negotiate on price mm-hmm, it's a great mm-hmm. time to start it's a great time to start recessions a great time
0: well, Sam, I know uh, we've come to the end of our time, man. Sorry for taking up so much of your time, but God, you're such an interesting guy, man. And I love talking to you. Um, and again, man, tell the people where they can find more information on you, brother.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you, Nate. So please reach out to me, uh, Sam at com. all spelled out, or go to our website, Uh You can find syndicationlaunch.com if you're interested in uh, learning for, uh, for me, there's also, you know, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Sam Sells or Clean Money Sam.
0: Well, Sam, thank you so much, brother, for being on the new American dream where we show people how they can go out here and claim back their time from corporate America. You've done it and you're bringing people along with you, man. I want to thank you for that, man. God bless you, brother.
1: Thank you, Ned. Really, really appreciate it.